Ladies, this is our time, and it's time to unburden ourselves of unrealistic expectations, including our own. The veneer we see in the media is often not just false, it's unhealthy. And frankly, some of it is just total bullshit. This is Chick Shit, a podcast that goes far beyond tropes, bringing you gritty realness about real-life experiences of today's woman. LJ and I break it down, right here, right now. Welcome to Chick Shit. Welcome to another episode of your Favorite Weekly Podcast, Chick Shit with LJ and Di, where every week we pick a topic that affects women, and let's face it, probably a lot of other people. And we pick a media source that portrays that topic, and we talk about what that media source got really, really right, and what that media source got not so really, really right. As always, I pick the drinks and Di picks the topics. Di, what are we talking about? We are talking about cheating in a relationship. And the media we're using to break down this topic is Unfaithful. 2002 erotic thriller? Question mark. Is that what it's described as? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was having a relation with Diane Lane, that would be thrilling. <laughs> or, or Olivier Martinez. Goodness. Doesn't do it for me. Oh, no. Richard yeah, Gere, kind of, however, give me oh, a little yeah. bit of that salt and pepper. Yeah, we're going to get into, I did some research, of course. I was very angry about something in the movie um, that we can get into anyway. Just was a little it that anyone would cheat on Richard Gere? No, no, okay. was not that. Okay. okay. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. How's your weekend going? We're recording this on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, Do you want to know what we're drinking so that I can start drinking? Oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. What are we drinking? Listen, we're drinking White Claw because I'm being unfaithful to Bud Light Seltzer yet again. Because I'm very (laughs) angry at them for how bad the hard sodas were. They were bad. They were so bad. And but, also it's what I had in the fridge and the Packers lost and I'm now messy depressy. So it's what we're drinking. Okay. Well, I am not surprised. So it, is, it is also passion fruit again, because this was a very thrilling and passionate movie. I'm not surprised that a pre canned mixed soda and alcohol was bad. Listen, you want to know how I know how bad it was? Todd loved it. <laughs> and in fact, has since bought more. Ew, what's so gross. Yeah. But Todd had some good whiskey when I came to visit. He does. He loves a whiskey. Yeah. But with his like soda situation, mm. he likes like diet sun-kissed and like like the ones that taste like really fake sugary ah yeah so I should have known you like that but anyways um my weekend I'm taking care of four dogs I am recording this podcast surrounded by all four of them um I said I love you to to Blake yay via text message And sandwiched it in with the fact that the avocado we've been waiting for three weeks to become ripe is also ripe. And he said, I love you too, with an exclamation point. And I said, but you don't care about the avocado? And he said, no. And I was like, well, then I don't think I love you anymore. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to quickly take that back. (laughs) How is your weekend? I feel like I have so much to do and no time to do it. And it's one of those weekends where I have to slip in some work and that like just puts a lot of cloud over the weekend because I decided to do quarterly check-ins with each person on my team. And that is giving me life. I love it. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people and I'm talking. You're doing two people like you're in over two teams now, aren't you? Yes. I'm over two big teams. So our engineering team and our product team. So I'm meeting with every engineer and every QA engineer and every product manager and every UX designer. 
a lot of dev requirements. It's a lot, but it's so meaningful, you know, like of the thing that I love most about my job is leading people. So anything Mm -hmm. that I can do to make that my purpose and like what, like the number one thing I do on my job, it's great. But what has happened is I'm trying to knock mountain in a two week time. And so that's a lot. So that's like all day, every day. So, yeah. So what's happened is like my ability to like do the work that I need to do has like mm-hmm. slipsies <laughs> outside yeah. of the nine to five core time, you know? Um, so I've got a little bit to do later today. Um, so that's been like, yeah, it's been real cloudy over my head this weekend. I don't like um, it. And that's, that's a real stinker because with a high stress job, which your job probably has quite a bit more stress than mine, but I do carry some, you need those two days to like you do to refill not. your tank and recover and all of that. Um, we did our team outing on Friday. I have no mm-hmm. concept of time. These dogs have woken me up at four 30 in the morning every day. I don't four dogs is too many dogs. Just everyone, four dogs. It's too many dogs for one person uh, Two, yeah. perfect, but we did our team outing. So we got to like, we have a really small team. So some of our team members are fully work at home, mm-hmm. like never come into the office. So I'd never actually like met them face to face. So of course I was like, oh my God, get out there. but one of our team members is literally one of the sweetest people I've ever spoken to ever. She's like the best team player. And we could tell that she was like very nervous about coming. And she came into the office and she hadn't been in the office like at all periods since before COVID, which at this point is like, we're coming up on three years ago. And towards the end of the outing. So we went and did lunch and everyone was allowed to have two drinks, but the only people that did were the manager and myself. So <laughs> hashtag team leaders. Um, and then we went to this little park and played like giant Jenga, ladder ball, cornhole, that kind of stuff. And when towards the end, she was like, I want to thank y'all so much because I was very nervous. Cause I know you all have history and you've just made me feel like a part of the team. And I was like, I love you. Oh, let me, let me hold you. And we were all like, you are part of the team. Like what? Yeah. But I think she was really nervous. And then like, once yeah. she was like, okay, no, everybody's actually really nice. It, I could get that that would be intimidating, yeah. which is like why I, why I'm in between on like fully remote. Like, I think there's gotta be touch well, points. And quarterly, like, we have, um, my manager does one-on-ones with everybody once every two or three weeks. I do little touch bases with everybody on the team once a month, because sometimes you're more comfortable telling things to the assistant manager. Who's like a little bit closer to you than like your big boss. Um, but we literally, our team on shore, our team is nine people offshore. It's like 40. Yeah. So it's a very small team. All of them are very introverted because this is a role where you don't have to talk to the outside world. Oh, right, you, right, right. You can yeah. just be like in your little bubble and say, okay, this is the work I need to do now. That's yeah. done. What's next? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was amazing and it made me happy. And I'm very thankful for our team. And I'm Yay. very blessed to be on the team that I am because we are in a tough department. Yeah. And it was super fun. And I played the most intense game of Jenga in my life. I'll have to send you the picture. It, I don't know how it was still standing. I won. Yay. Good for you. Never again. I can't ever play again. Cause I will never do that. Well, ever again. <laughs> All I can think of is the Rihanna song. <laughs> Uh, me too. I don't want to be a murderer. a murderer. Well, actually, he was a murderer. There, so <laughs> that's kind of a perfect song. Did wait? Did Rihanna? Did Rihanna? It's Rihanna. Did Rihanna write that song? 
for this movie. <laughs> oh no. I think the timeline's no, a that. little bit off. No, no, no. I know. But like she must have so. seen this movie and been like, hmm. Right? It had an influence the only like <laughs> words I remember are I don't wanna be a murderer. What's that song called? Unfaithful? I think it's called Unfaithful. Is it? Okay, then she'd legit watch this movie and then, you know? I mean, I can't argue it. So anyways, that's our segue. Uh, Rihanna actually wrote that song about this movie. Perfect. Yeah, it's called Unfaithful. Yeah. Yep. So just And I late. know that he knows I'm unfaithful. And it kills him inside to know that I am happy with some other guy. Okay, I'm done. That's it. I got to stop or I'll do the whole song. When Edward innocently <laughs> learns <laughs> that his wife, Connie, has lied to him about an affair, suspicion propels him to uncover the devastating details of her infidelity. Tormented by the knowledge, he confronts her lover only to discover a level of rage within him that he could have never imagined. So the I- mood. No, I was going to jump way ahead and be like, have you ever been so angry that you're like, I'm either going to throw up or kill someone. I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> because I've never been that mad. I've never been there. I don't, I don't think I've ever been to the point of like literally wanting to kill someone. Maybe like wanting to, to smear them like a bagel. Uh, do like some sort of Instagram smear campaign against them, but never to the point of like taking someone's actual... Yeah. Life Generally, away, when I hit know? that level of anger, I just cry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably best that's yeah, our yeah. reaction. Um, you I'm know. just slowly killing myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you, so have you seen this movie before? So I didn't think I had, but then as I got into it, my elbows are so dry. I it's like <laughs> sandpaper. Sorry, I just touched it. Uh, I I didn't um I didn't think I had, but then as I got into it, I realized that in fact, yes, I had, and I think I blocked it out. Because mm. it was very upsetting to me that my sweet angel baby Diane Lane. I don't even remember her character's name because the whole movie Connie. I just kept going Diane. <laughs> Connie. Her name's Connie. My sweet angel baby, Connie. I could not, I didn't want to believe that it was her. That she was unfaithful. (laughs) But then after I like saw the apartment in the books, I was like, oh God, I've seen this. And I think I blacked it out. Yeah. I saw like it on TVS or TNT that so a much more edited version sometime when I was younger. And then like, I would pick up parts of it. So I'd never, I don't think I'd ever seen it the full way through. So I'm really excited to get into this movie with you. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Ed and Connie Sumner are a middle-aged couple. Pause. I will get back to middle-aged with an eight-year-old son and have a nice big house in the suburbs. They seem genuinely in love with each other, even after 11 years of marriage. Ed runs his own trucking company. Connie does charitable fundraising, which requires. And their son is an commutes. actor in Malcolm in the Middle. Yep. And she <laughs> goes to New York City occasionally. So I have, this is where I'm going to get livid for a second. Okay. 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 Every little thing that I read as I was doing research on this movie was saying they're a middle-aged couple and she had an affair with a younger man. Everything I fucking read. And in the movie, Richard Gere says, how old is he? Right? Like, how old are you? You're so young. This, let's tap into how misogynistic Hollywood is for just like a teensy bit. And then I'll get off my soapbox. Like the TikTok I sent you earlier? Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. We'll do a little soapbox and then I'll get off. So it says middle-aged couple. Richard Gere, when this was filmed, was 53. So fair enough. 53 is middle-aged. Okay. Okay. We're good. All right. Diane Lane is 37. 37. Diane Lane doesn't actually have an age. She doesn't. 
But let me, let me go one step further. Olivier Martinez is 36. He is only one year younger than Diane Lane when they filmed this movie because Hollywood allows us to see that women fucking age, quote unquote, terribly, and men are timeless. So I just have to like get my rage out about this. I was so upset. I got mine out earlier while I was scrolling TikTok and pooping. <laughs> okay, great. So that's my, all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, and we still see that to this day. Yeah. That is shockingly prevalent. It just made me so angry. It made me so angry. Okay. Anyway, so they, where they're at, they're definitely in suburbia. Uh, and I feel that movies that have some sort of affair to, I'm thinking like the women, when we watch the women, it's usually that some family has moved off to suburbia and they're in this like monotonous life. And so one of the people wants to change it up and they're like unhappy. And it, and honestly, at least to my fear of suburbia, I will not move to the burbs. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be within walking distance of at least one queer bar. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just just one, just one. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I, I don't know that this movie actually gives enough of a reason for her to have an affair maybe that's the point itself but it shows them being really in love like they're having sex together sure a kid interrupts but like they've got passion he's like videotaping her and her beauty and she does the little i'm just gonna slide one 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 strap down so like strap down i don't know that this movie actually establishes a clear enough motive for her to seek outside of their relationship at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But I also wonder how much do you compartmentalize or how much do you not realize something bothers you or that you're not missing until you have like one little brush. Yeah. Like she had that one little brush in the windstorm. Yeah. And that one little taste of danger and went, Ooh, Ooh. I feel that in my nether regions and I like it. Yeah. Why, why do you, before we kind of get into her meeting, uh, Paul, why do you think in general people have affairs or cheat on other people? So I think that it's their own shit. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the times it's nothing that the other person did or did not do. And the person who is doing the cheating, it's their own shit that instead of sitting in it and figuring it out and working through it and having adult conversations, they go forth and cheat. I think that's part of it, but I don't think that's all. I think sometimes people that do cheat might be in like a terrible situation that they have tried to work on several times and, and they're not seeing improvement or they're getting shut down. And so they're at a moment of weakness where they find someone who is willing to do the things that their partner is not. And Mm -hmm. they, they fall into that moment because you know, they're just exhausted of not being happy and being like in a low point too. So since we're talking about, uh, cheating, do you have like a hall pass or like a celebrity hall pass? So like, if you had the opportunity to get it, it would get got. <laughs> uh, I think celebrity hall pass one hundo, obviously it's like currently well, it's been forever. Steve Carell. I mean, we're just, you know, we know this, um, but then my second one would be either Hannah Waddingham or Padma. Lakshmi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could go out to a really nice dinner and then get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
it would be the um, full experience. <laughs> but as far as like a non-celebrity one, I think that gets real tricky to talk about. Th- I mean, maybe not, but like yeah. if, if it's a friend that you know and you're discussing something about a friend, it could get tricky. Like you don't want anybody yeah. to get paranoid for no reason or anything like that. Yeah, and you don't want lines to get crossed. Like um, it's, it's kind of close to home. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Are we done saying yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Would you like to guess? Who your hall pass is? Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Ugh! No. Henry Cavill. Well, that was my second one, but we were just I mean, talking don't about get the me Packers. Wrong. If AA Ron okay. Was like, I'd like oh, to okay. do that. I'd be like, I was going Henry ah, Cavill. You'll second. do in a pinch. Yeah, I was going him. I was, I was going second there. Yeah. But like Henry Cavill. No, I know. No, that's good. That's and really honestly, good. still Gerard Butler. Like, just, just speak to me in your accent. Yeah. Just, I'll handle the rest. You just talk. Read the oh, phone he- book. I don't care. <laughs> Let's no. get it. <laughs> it's good. Do you, anyways, carry on. Do you? That's very important. That <laughs> white claws opening you up, girl. <laughs> I'm really eight today, so it's hitting quick. <laughs> Do you know someone who came to you for advice when either they? cheated on someone or were cheated on and like how did you handle that advice so yes and yes and I have never been married so and I also don't have children children make everything a little bit yeah. It's not as cut and dry. There's a lot of gray area yeah. because yeah. you always want to give your child the best life possible. And if that means like maybe taking one on the chin, which cheating shouldn't be something you take on the chin, but shit I mean, happens. It depends on how you like it, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, but um, but in this scenario, there was both of those things in the same relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot. So the way that I handled it was just listening. Yeah. And if my opinion was asked for, I would very carefully give that opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of the things that happened, definitely, I didn't agree with. That's not something that I would do, but also we live very different lives. Um, and that doesn't make you a bad person. So I just did a lot of listening and like, be careful. Like if you find yourself in a situation, call me, I'll come get you. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But I also always encourage people to think about why, like, is it because something's happening in your life that you don't have control over? So like I can control this and that's what I'm going to do. Or is there something that needs to be addressed in the relationship or, you know, a million other things, but like, think about why, mm-hmm. cause it does happen a lot more than I would like it to like cheating is more common than you'd think. Yeah, I've definitely been in the situation where I, I've been asked for advice and support. And I think if you are ever in that situation, it's really important to like, listen, as you were saying, you're not there to pass judgment. You're not there to, uh, kick them while someone's down. Uh, you're there to just understand and help mm-hmm. them think through, like you said, the why, if they want you to help yeah. think through the why, I think it's just listening and being there and being able to go to someone you love unconditionally to talk about the things, because I think it can also be really scary if you're a friend with a couple 
and you love them both very much for and one of them um you know has a transgression and the other one wants to discuss it with you but also protect their spouse that they or their partner that they love very much and they Mm -hmm. don't want you to think other than of their partner who they love very much like I think you know it's just it's hard it's a really hard situation so if you are you know one of those people that someone loves you knows that you're going to be unconditional love to both them and maybe their partner just be there with grace and just listen. I mean, <clears throat> I found myself in that, not necessarily with cheating, but just where like I'm friends with both sides of a couple, mm. whether they be married or dating or whatever. Yeah. And it's very important to maintain trust with both sides. Yeah. And understand that while you may have the whole picture, it is not your job to give the whole picture to the other side. Oh God. Yeah. That too. And just... It's important for your friends to know that you're a safe place and that they can trust you, but also know that inevitably I will pick a side. And if we need to go Marion and Wanda, we'll mix up some poison black eyed peas and roll them up in the carpet and toss them out (laughs) and then donate to 4-H to make ourselves feel better. (laughs) On one of these trips that Connie takes to New York. It is so windy that people are literally being blown around and Connie collides with a young man named Paul Martel and falls and scrapes her knee. Paul invites her into his apartment for a band-aid, and this leads to a phone call and visit the next time she's in the city, then trips into the city for the sole purpose of seeing Paul. And then they're finally Getting having a full duke. bloat affair. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not where you're going with that? <laughs> oh, it was exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> but also, like, if you are going to cheat, realize that if you start changing, like, your entire schedule out of the blue, like, if you go into the city usually, like, maybe once a month, maybe twice on a crazy month, and then all of a sudden you're going four times a week, if not more, shit yeah. looks suspicious. It's suspicious as fuck. I, we were kind of talking about this a little bit, but I don't think, you know, prior to the meeting him, she had any intention of an affair. I think what you were saying is right. That like something about someone in a moment, giving her attention in a different way than what she's been receiving previously or by a different person rather. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not that her husband wasn't giving her attention. They yeah. seemed to like be very lovey dovey, but it was that it was a different person. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to position her as a middle-aged woman of like, maybe she's trying to see if she's still desirable. Um, and you know, she is, and she, she is. still is today. Yes. I know. Diane Lena's like good. Like, I'm adding her <laughs> to my hall pass. Okay. Perfect. I don't even swing that way, but for Diane, I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> um, you know, it, she, she kind of like dances with the devil a little bit for mm-hmm. a second. She tempts some, she tempts fate. She'll like the first time I think she took a train in and then she tried to call him and then she like put, took the quarter out of the payphone. Then she like put it back in and then she got the answer machine. So she was going to hang up, but he answered. It was like little things each time. And like the first time she went to his house after being there initially, she didn't do anything but like you know why she's going there you know she knew why she was going there he knew why she was going there have you ever obviously not with cheating but like with anything you're like okay I'm gonna do this and if this happens then we're doing it if it doesn't happen I gotta leave it alone because I feel like that's where she was at with like the I'm gonna call and if he answers we'll figure it out but if he doesn't answer that's it yeah but then yeah. they answered. So it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go over there. And if A, then we're done. And if B, then, okay, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It was kind of like she was leaving it up to fate to see what, like what, what would answer versus her own willpower and her yeah. own, 
Yeah. It's interesting because after the first time they have sex, they show they like, you know, flashback. She's on the train riding home and she's flashing back in her mind and she's experiencing a lot of emotions. Most of it's like a high. She's in a high. It's essentially a drug. It's a drug. Yeah. So she's in this high after that. Um, And while they were having sex she's she's like "Mm, no wait yes let's go no like she's like still in her head contemplating she was playing like a little game of red light green light yeah but with her vagina yes exactly yes (laughs) (laughs) quote for the week there uh (laughs) quote for the week there Jack, she was playing a little game of red light, green light, light, but with her vagina. Yes, that should be the quote. <laughs> Half the time, y'all pulled quotes of insane shit I've said, and I have no recollection of saying <laughs> it. And it's an adventure. It was interesting that it took her a while to feel the guilt, though. I was a little shocked by that. It wasn't an immediate, like, train ride home. What have I fucking done? She was riding that high of like, Yes, I got that. Yeah. And <laughs> green she, light, bitch. Green light, bitch. And then she gets home and she's not like, you know, she's she's fine with acting as if nothing's happened in front of her husband. She's okay with that. Like she's not torn up about it at this point. Um, in any yeah. way. Well, it's it's similar to like the high you get from a drug. You Mm -hmm. just feel good and you've gotten away with it and no one knows that you're so like, you're like, I've got this fun thing that nobody knows about and I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. It's blinding to some point that wears off. Yeah. It's like blinding and Mm -hmm. the way that, uh, drugs put you in and then I don't know, I don't, I've never done, but, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, let me tell you, oh, actually, (laughs) let me tell you, let me tell you about narcotics. (laughs) I've watched Ozark. (laughs) Um, she does meet, she happens to run into a couple of women that she knows, from her kids' school that are also involved in, in fundraising. And she was going to see Paul, but they convinced her to meet at the coffee shop. And I thought this point was interesting where there's three women sitting together. One of them is Ellis Gray having an affair. What? One of them is Ellis Gray, mother sure. of Meredith Gray. Oh, sure. Anatomy. Okay, great. And then the other, so one of them is actively having an affair. One of them is checking out hot Paul and the, and the coffee shop and be like, Ooh, I would love to broaden my horizons. It'd be like taking a Pilates class. It'd be just fun. No one would have to know. And the other woman is like, well, what about your husband? What about your kid? She's like, no, they wouldn't have to know. It'd just be like a one and done, like just a, and that woman speaking had had an affair that ended badly. And she was very clear that like, it always it's, ends. Badly. It always ends badly. Every time it ends badly. So it, yeah, I thought it was just interesting, you know, all the, having those three different perspectives in that one moment and, and them sharing that conversation. But also how do we feel about her banging in like the bathroom area of that coffee shop? It was hot just casually and then coming back with her little button undone oh my god the scenes in this movie were very good my tete is out I'm so sorry (laughs) so I I was curious in this in this film Connie meets Paul by happenstance right he's a stranger to her prior to that so I did a little research to see what is it what are the likelihood of affairs being with strangers versus people you know so the it's going to be higher for people you know yeah do you want to take a guess at percentages before i actually give like the statistics um i would like to guess 79 percent oh wow okay so the journal of family psychology did a study between the years 2000 and 2016. So that's 16 years of data with 
13,030 Americans. And these were married Americans. So we have to look at it in that lens. So not set, you know, it, it'd be skewed probably if we talked about um, just partners or, or girlfriend, boyfriend versus yeah. married, but from those 13,000, uh, 13,000 Americans, 55.3% of extramarital, uh, sex occurred with a close personal friend. The second category that was, uh, so 53, 55 versus the 79 that you said the, then clearly I have some trust issues. (laughs) (laughs) So that was with a close personal friend, 55.3%. The next category close to highest was like a neighbor, a friend, or a long-term acquaintance. So still someone that they knew mm-hmm. versus a stranger. So actually, and that was 29.4%. So honestly, you're not far off. Yeah. From, it's, it's usually someone, you know, casual date or a hookup was 21% uh, buying or who's casually dating when they're married. Like it's a casual hookup. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be like someone at the bar that you're like, you look at and you're like, Hey, you want to blah, blah, blah. And then they fuck. And then you've seen the movie unfaithful. When we recreate that uh, bathroom. Scene? <laughs> Let's go. Oh, we'll play some Rihanna button. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, the last, the final two categories, uh, buying or selling sex was 7.9%. And then uh, outside of that, it was other at 8%. So moral of the story is like majority is someone, you know, somehow usually I need more close... details on what other is. I'm very curious. <laughs> I don't we'll get know. to that later. We'll yeah. get to that later. It's going to take some more in-depth <laughs> research, but I'm curious. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was pretty interesting and I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by that at all. Ed notices the awkwardness in the relationship almost immediately, and his suspicions are further aroused when he catches Connie in a lie and when a fired employee insinuates that there are things about Ed's family that he is not aware of. Finally, he hires a private investigator who soon furnishes pictures of Connie and Paul together. Out and about looking very carefree also. (laughs) (laughs) fucking in a theater (laughs) that was that back row bj (laughs) Uh, so this movie was set in 2002 pay phones are the main kind of communication when you're or landlines so there's no going through people's phones as an option if you think if you're suspicious i personally believe that if you're going through someone's phone, you have serious issues in your relationship. That is my opinion, obviously, but I just don't see any reason to go through someone's phone unless you don't like there's, there's trust issues. Something's wrong that you feel that someone else would be hiding something that you're not aware of. So I went into someone's phone one time. I wasn't going to go through it. Someone yeah, we talked we, about that. On a, yeah. 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 Someone that like we had just left there. We had just left being with them had texted and I was like, oh, I'm going to respond because I know it's going to be. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I didn't. I regret it. I have a lot of regrets. Yeah. How do you feel about going through someone's phone? Like going through it with the intent to like search for stuff. What, what else would you go through it for though? Um, no, that's what I paused Okay. to continue. If you're going through it for like the intent to search for nefarious things, you, there's a deeper problem. Yeah. And discussions should probably be had if you're yeah. going through it. Cause like I'm making a photo album and I know all these pictures are on his phone and I want this to be adorable. Different story. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you're going in there because they want to change hey, his phone background do... to something really embarrassing because he fell asleep or i was gonna say because they have they own the doordash account and you yeah. order <laughs> <For> that <laughs> japanese <too>. takeout <laughs> that too that's also an option yeah if you're going through someone's phone with the intent to find something nefarious or because you don't trust them 
or anything remotely along those lines, like stop and think yeah. about where you're at. Yeah. And I, why you feel that way. I agree completely. I, yeah. So, but you know, he doesn't even feel that he can talk to his wife about this. He's not feeling great. He's feeling like something's happening, but he's not direct enough with his questions to her. He asked, do you love me? And she's like, of course I love you. Like, that's weird that you would say that. And instead of being like, Hey, I just feel like things are off. I don't know. Like, I feel like you're going to, to the city more often than you're not. And like, you, you didn't want to have sex with me the other night when we were in the tub and I'm you didn't so want to go. Tub. <laughs> you didn't want to go to lunch with me. And you said you had an appointment and it felt weird. Like what's happening? And also I called and you did not have an appointment. So. Yeah, that's that's sketch too. But yeah, like instead of doing all those things, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to drop some Wall Street money, not Wall Street, but I'm going to drop some cash and hiring a private investigator, which is like not anything against like having to do what you need to do to fig- give yourself sanity. But just like, how come he couldn't ask her first or talk to her first? So, and that was going to, that's, that was going to be my question is at what point do you think like, okay, there's no other option. I either continue going crazy or like you continue getting gaslit. Yeah. Or I do what I got to do to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to the point of where, like, if you're, if you're continuing to see the same patterns of behavior, and you're at a certain point and they're still gaslighting you and saying no, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I by no means think that should be like your first, like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. they're cheating. I'm hiring someone. Yeah. But if like you have made attempts to try and broach conversations and talk about why things are kind of like a little different and off and it just, it's not getting it at some point you got to take care of yourself too. Yeah. So like, what is that right move? Cause like, I just condoned going through someone's phone, <laughs> but like you've asked several times, they'd said, no, they're gaslighting you, making you think that you're not in the right mind to think like that you're being the one that's absurd. Um, yeah what, like how, what do you do? What do you do? I personally would cry. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't know. That's tough. Cause you're not going to have a healthy relationship because you're paranoid. You're completely paranoid. Well, and then depending on like where you're at mentally and emotionally, you can either look at everything as a sign of this confirms that they're cheating or like something's going on or like, well, if he was cheating, he wouldn't have done that. So he's definitely not cheating. Oh, And God. then like try and talk yourself back into. Oh my God. You're so <clears throat> right. You're so right that that would happen over there, and so over. So it's not like all like one exhausting. Way. It's exhausting. Yeah. So you might get to the point where you have to be like, did you hear that? No. Okay. You might have to get to the point where you're like, I can't take this insanity anymore. And I don't trust you enough to have a relationship. Like, gosh. Yeah. But then if you still don't have closure, yeah, you may find yourself like one day down the road, like, what if I was misreading all of the signs? Yeah. And nothing was happening. And I just ended a relationship because of my own insecurities or whatever. Yeah. Boy, 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 boy. If you boy. ever wonder what it was like to live in my head, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's <Yeah>. exhausting. <laughs> so Ed goes to Paul's apartment and during the discussion that follows, he sees a gift he had once given Connie that she recently gave to Paul. Ed loses his composure and hits Paul over the head with a snow globe, killing him. 
He wraps Paul's body in a carpet, wipes clean everything he's touched, and cleans all the blood off the floor. While he's doing this, Connie calls and leaves a message on Paul's answering machine that she wants to end the affair. Ed Ed loads the carpet with Paul's body into the trunk of his car and later dumps it in a landfill. Okay, real question. What scares you more? The thought of someone finding out that you killed someone or getting stuck on an elevator, period. Stuck on an elevator. Yeah, right? (laughs) 100%. Okay. Just one. Somebody sure. finds out that you killed someone. You could maybe still get out of the country. Maybe they just use it to blackmail you. So like you have to babysit their children for the rest of your life. Like stuck something. on an elevator. Yeah. You're right? stuck. Yeah. Okay. Great. Glad we're on the same page there. Yeah. That was a really important but, question to bring up in the podcast. But, 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 but he rolls dead body up in a carpet. Has to get him back out of the elevator that broke carries him down the stairs and then he's walking onto the street with a dead body wrapped in a carpet and somebody's like do you need some help with that man (laughs) there's so many need help with my body shaped carpet there's like a point in this movie where it went from realistic to stupid for me (laughs) and this was that point hitting him over the head with the snow globe that was the point because from there the way he cleaned up blood, the way he tried to clean up uh, everything in the apartment, the way he dragged his body to the trunk, the way then at the kid's little school program, someone hits him in the back of the car, popping the trunk open. Like, it's all very... Deal with it in the morning! Too much. It's too much for me at this point. But (laughs) with all that being said... How likely is it that you think that someone would go confront their lover's lover? (laughs) Like him going and seeing Paul, like how likely is that to happen? I think, honestly, I don't think it's that unlikely, but I think it depends on the person. Well, I guess I think it depends on whether you think like your significant other betrayed you and like they did this and they made the decision or like, some terrible person conned your significant other into doing this and put them in that situation. Well, and if we go back to the statistic of they likely know these people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to run into them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Check, check, check. What do you think the likelihood is of someone confronting their lover's lover and hitting them on the head with the snow globe and killing them slim to none (laughs) and the red blood i think we've come a long way with costume and makeup it was too bright red it It wasn't brownish enough you know what i mean it was like yeah it was too it was it was way too red it was, it was actually, it was also just straight liquid. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't like, like the cloudy. thick blood drip and cloudy. Yeah. It was just like, just a Kool-Aid on them. It'll work. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the best. Now it's Connie who senses awkwardness in their relationship. Cops visit investigating Paul's disappearance because they found Connie's name and address in his apartment. Sometime later, after the body is found, they come again. She is evasive, trying to conceal that she knew Paul at all, and the cops easily pick up on the inconsistencies in her story. Ed surprises her by lying to the police to to corroborate corroborate (laughs) her story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, got it. Um, (laughs) After after she finds the pictures from the private investigator, the two finally come clean with each other. Holy fucking shit, what a mess. What a mess! What a mess! What a mess. First off, what a mess, what a mess, mess. what a mess, what a mighty big mess, a mighty, mighty big mess. First of all, anytime police show up, ask for a lawyer, period. Okay, that's my public service announcement. Where do we even begin? He's now killed her lover. 
for lover. But he's like kind of okay because he heard her phone call on the answering machine saying, Oh, yeah, where she said, I can't do this anymore. Any, any <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm tired of hurting my family. I'm exhausted. Yeah. The whole situation. There's no way that goes on to be a happy marriage. No, not at all. In 30 years, they'll be in their rocking chairs with their hot toddies going, Oh, remember that time you cheated on me and I killed him? Oh, no. That's going to be a no for me, dog. And he, he, you know, tells her, I knew from the very first day, I knew, I know you, I wanted to kill you. Like, that's not going to be great for them. No, that's going to, no. Yeah, I don't think there's any coming back from that. No, but do you think that people are able to come back from cheating in a relationship? So it has, it has happened. It has happened with people I know. Same. But it takes a lot of very hard work from both people involved. Yes. And complete, I I don't want to say buy-in, but that's the only thing that I can think of right now, into putting that work in. Yes. Because if one half of you is like, yes, let's give this another try. And then the other half is like, okay, we can give it a try, but they're not actually taking the steps to heal that wound, whether they created it or not, it's never going to work. Yes. It makes me think of sex in the city movie when Miranda and Steve had to decide if they were willing to move past what Steve did. And I think that you're right. Like you can say you agree to move past it, but if you're not putting in the work, you let's say this, let's talk about the Steve Miranda situation. Steve had like a one night rando hookup Mm -hmm. and that was his uh, transgression. Right. So if they wanted to move past it, like Miranda can't, and they agree to, and they like do the work, Miranda can't always throw that in his face anymore. That can't be a thing because he has apologized. He's had all this guilt. He's doing things to actively not like to work on. You have agreed to move past that. Right. Right. You can't move past that except when it's convenient for your argument. Bingo fucking mic drop okay bye chickadees all right until next week (laughs) (laughs) so true it's so true ed offers to turn himself in but connie dissuades him saying that they can get through this together and get on with their lives the movie ends with the two of them in love with each other as they were in the beginning however as the movie zooms out we can see that they're sitting in front of a police station where the intent is to turn himself in yeah uh from the snow globe forward just nothing it was like this is not real this is yeah this is a little too dramatized to the point of unrealistic it's that erotic thriller part yeah it's almost like they were writing like a legitimate like this is happening this person yeah yeah And then they're like, oh shit, this is supposed to be an erotic thriller. Let's throw in some murder. Yeah. It's kind of, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Enough. When we watched Enough with Jennifer Lopez. And at some point it was just like. And at some point she's like deciding that she's going to beat him up and kill him. Right. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's kind of what I feel like. Enough felt like. This is how it happens. This is how it happens. This is how it happens. And there was a certain flip and it was just like, I'm not in the story anymore. Like Mm -mm. it's, it's, you've lost me. me. You've lost me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is a great comparison. I know. It is. You're like, I know I'm very smart. (laughs) I went to college (laughs) twice. Twice. (laughs) I'm way too lazy to cheat. That involves too much planning, too much, like keeping track of your (laughs) lies. I'm not a good liar. I'm not a good liar. 
No, I'm way too lazy to Also, cheat. like, you know, loving Matt and all and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, I'm just not a good liar. <laughs> but like, also, I'm just a terrible liar. So <laughs> no. I think I'm good. No, it's just, I, it's just, it I feel like exhausting. you would never, it sounds like, yeah, exhausting. you would never have like a moment of just being able to just sit without a care in the world. No. Because you have to keep like your list of lies and accomplices you know, and whatever. And it becomes constantly like ready. this movie shows us like a, maybe like a season's worth of timeline in an affair, but there are some people who live entire other lives. Yeah. No. With mm-hmm. other families. I'm exhausted thinking about that. As like a final note, I think, there's so much shame that happens with cheating, not only from someone who did the cheating, mm-hmm. but someone who gets cheated on and like how mm-hmm. it affects their self-worth. And Was I not enough? Was I not what, good enough? Was I not making you happy? What did I not do that made you feel like you had to go find it somewhere else? And then- it's worse if you're in a small town and like people know and they place judgment on your marriage. If you do decide to move on and stay with your partner, I think that's extremely rough. Yeah. Outside forces, no matter how much, like it is just the two of you in that relationship and it's your decision. Not everyone in the world respects that. Yeah. So I have never cheated on someone nor been cheated on. So keep that in mind with my writing, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four because once I got to the point where the snow globe murder happened, I was completely brought out of the story. I don't think that they gave enough reason for why she mm-hmm. felt led to cheat. Yeah. I don't think that was ever explained. And I do think that there has to be some type of motive, even if that is, I felt something I really liked and I wanted to feel it again. Mm-hmm. And I also just think because the percentage is so high of the fact that you're going to know the person, it just wasn't super realistic. Yeah. So for those reasons and more, but mainly the snow globe for chicks. yeah I'm gonna give it five out of ten chicks I agree that I wish they would have shown someone that she knew like she joked about to him about like hitting on this other man that they knew and I kind of wish it would have been the other man that that they knew together so that it's like more realistic and and I don't think that it's usually things that happen that quickly. It's something that's been building up over time. And we don't see any of that. All I can think about now is Will Ferrell going, well, that escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It did. And I feel like there would be more guilt than what she felt and showed in the movie but maybe i'm just being my even that way if you're in a really fucking terrible no she's not in a terrible marriage so it doesn't seem so like maybe but also maybe she's comparing her transgression to his murder oh yeah you know you know tit for tat situation oranges if you will (laughs) Uh, it got extremely unrealistic post snow globe. And I just hated it after that. It was ridiculous mm-hmm. and not saying that murders don't happen in heats of passion, but at the same time, I think what's more likely is someone gets hurt and they either have to like work through their, decide to work through their marriage with this. This isn't really shown very well in this movie or, uh, decide to part ways and figure out the work that they need to do to get there. So yeah, five out of 10 chicks. What would have made this movie better for me because he took the snow globe from dude's house as like a a trophy and to let his wife know, like, I know (laughs) is if that was like the beginning of Richard Gere's life as a serial killer. Yeah. And then like you found out that all of the snow globes they had were because of the other people. Oh, uh... yeah. 
Damn. Yeah. Yep. Missed, missed opportunity. Agreed. But I digress. Um, chickadees, you know where to find us. All of the socials at Chick Ship Pod, except Facebook, where we are Chick Stuff Pod, because uh, sucks. New podcasts every Wednesday on all the places that you get your podcasts. What am I missing? If you have capacity to leave us a review, please do so wherever you get your podcasts at new episodes every Wednesday. (gasps) Okay, bye. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Chick Shit. We hope this episode has pushed you just enough to lose a little faith in the media's veneer and gain some useful knowledge to help navigate the day-to-day nonsense that we women contend with. For resources and general mischief, follow on Instagram and Twitter at ChickShitPod or get in touch by email at ChickShitPod at gmail.com. To help others find the show, please like and subscribe. And if you know a woman who might appreciate two new friends and a good dose of laughter, please share this podcast. Until next time, keep it real.